0: Uh it is now six thirty p.m. here and stay tuned for Radio Gag, Gays Against Guns coming up. Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns Show.
1: Good evening. And welcome to Radio Gag. The Gays Against Gun Show, Radio Gag, is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah. The theme of this week's show is the Parkland Anniversary. And we are happy to have with us special guest Ariel Geismer, who founded New York's NYC Says Enough, the youth organization that led the April 20th school walkouts in Washington Square Park.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Arielle Geismar. I'm 17 years old. I'm a born and raised New Yorker, um, and I work with Team Enough Brady, New York City's Enough, and uh, many others. It's great to be here today.
1: In addition to this week's news on gun violence and gun violence prevention, we will be reflecting on a year of activism and resulting legislation.
3: And good evening, everyone. I'm Paul Rowley. We'll also have an interview with Gays Against Guns co-founder Kevin Herzog about the gag DC action last year that coincided with the Parkland shooting. And we'll be learning about Gays Against Guns plans to mark this anniversary with a major action in DC this Thursday. Uh, First, of course, we have our weekly in memoriam for a victim of gun violence. This week we have a special guest on, uh, Shahira Daniil, who was speaking outside the NRA headquarters last August. Um, and just as a, an alert to our listeners that some of this is, is quite upsetting material. So take it away, Shah- Shahira.
4: My name is Shahira Daniil, and that's my cousin Sabika Sheikh. I'm here with a few questions for the NRA leaders. So let's do it. Dear NRA leaders, you know how it feels when you receive a phone call from Pakistan? Shahira, there's been a shooting at Sabika's school. You frantically start dialing Sabika's number. Your hands shaking, your entire body shaking, but you're just trying to dial her number. Do you know how it feels when moments later you receive the second phone call from Pakistan? What you hear next literally rips life from under your feet. Sabika, my cousin, my sister, my friend, my mentor, has been shot dead. Dear NRA leaders, do you know how it feels when your entire family is in Pakistan devastated 16,000 kilometers away and you arrive in Santa Fe, Texas to bring Sabika back home? Do you know how it feels when you know full well that you're headed to meet Sabika who's lying on a freezing stretcher in a funeral house, but you keep texting her on your way to the funeral house begging her to reply just once? Dear NRA leaders, you know how it feels when five days later you finally arrive in Pakistan with Sabika and you see her being offloaded from the cargo. It's been 78 days and it's been some 1,870-something hours, but you know how it feels when you still keep texting Sabika, hoping that she'll reply. And finally, dear NRA leaders, you know how it feels. When Sabika was selected for the exchange program, after a year long competitive process. She came here. She was only 19 days away from going back. Her Snapchat was a picture of an airplane. We are NRA leaders, we know, we know you do not know how it feels. And that's why we march, because we hope that no other family, including yours, ever gets to find out how it feels the way we did, the way Sabika did.
3: So uh, Sabika was one of the 10 people killed at Santa Fe High School on May eighteenth, 2018, um, a few short months after Parkland.
1: At this time, we are going to read the names of the 17 lives lost on Valentine's Day last year at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School.
2: Alyssa Oladef 14. Scott Beagle, 35. Martin Duque Anguiano, 14.
3: Nicholas Tourette. 17. Aaron Feiss, 37. Jamie Gutenberg, 14.
1: Chris Hickson, 49. Luke Hoyer, 15. Carol Logren,
3: 14.
2: Gina Montalto, 14. Joaquin Oliver, 17. Elena Petty, 14.
3: Meadow Pollock, 18. Helena Ramsey, 17. Alex Schachter, 14.
1: Carmen Schöntrup, 16. Peter Wang,
3: 15. Okay. Um, so next up we have our weekly um, gag news. Um, some good news to start off with. <laughs> this week um, Queen sta- in Queens, State Senator Jessica Ramos announced a new community-led violence prevention initiative. Ramos hosted a round table with advocates, local precincts and council members to discuss reduction of long-term gun violence through community engagement. The recent shooting at the 19th Street 7 train station was a horrific reminder of how much work we need to do to provide the resources our community and our youth need, said Ramos. We need long-term solutions that tackle the root of the issue. Over-policing is never the solution. I want to do my part in helping our community create real means of reducing violence from within. The shooting at 90th Street and Elmhurst Avenue subway station on February 4th started as a scuffle on the platform, and Abel Masso lost his life when a gun was pulled. Police suspect the murder was gang-related.
1: As reported previously on Radio Gag, the infiltration of NRA money into, gov- into the government continues to block honest debate, about gun safety in America. During these weeks historic House Judiciary during this week's Historic House Judiciary Committee hearing on gun violence prevention, the first in ten years, Democratic Caucus Chairman Hakeem Jeffries questioned key witness Second Amendment professor Joyce Lee Malcolm over the NRA Foundation's sponsorship of her position at George Mason University. What we've found is the NRA has given a million dollars to endow the position that you now hold. The problem is that we can have a legitimate debate about how to deal with the gun violence epidemic, but it's hard to have that legitimate debate when the NRA functions as holding others who are supposedly participating in this debate like they are wholly
3: owned subsidiaries." In Florida, legislation introduced after the Parkland shooting now requires schools to have at least one safe school officer. However, Manatee School for the Arts in Palmetto have decided to put two ex-combat soldiers, arms with locks and semi-automatic rifles, into the school. And this practice, of course, of placing combat soldiers in schools is highly controversial. Agitated students have often grabbed officers' guns, even while the guns were in holsters. And a recent Washington Post report found that up to 20% of U.S. military combat veterans suffer from some form of PTSD. The presence of an armed gun does not deter violence. During Parkland, the Parkland shooting, there was an armed school resource officer stationed at the school, yet 17 still lost their lives.
1: Now we have our special focus for the week, which is Parkland anniversary and the student activism in the gun violence prevention movement this week we have special guest Arielle Geismar who's been working in gun violence prevention since last year's shooting so tell us Arielle where were you on Valentine's Day last year
2: So, February 14th, 2018, um, I remember we didn't have school that day, um, and I woke up at around 1 p.m., as most teenagers do, um, and the shooting, as we later learned, happened at around 2.15. So, I was just kind of getting up, getting breakfast, um, and it was kind of publicized around um, social media and the news probably by 3 p.m., and after reading the news, my mind immediately went to, how many this time? Um, And that, actually, I found is a a very common reaction um, among students my age, because this is something that we've grown up with, it's something that we've been desensitized to. Um, And I just remember looking at the the videos of the students running away, um, and and that was definitely impactful
1: for me. Mm. So tell us what happened in New York City schools a month later, from your perspective. Yeah,
2: you know, after, after that, there was really this very strong call to action. Um, multiple students started speaking up. People started talking about some kind of protest, or a rally. Um, and I, I wasn't exactly sure what the, the city would be doing yet, but I spoke to students at my school um, and I posted in my school Facebook group, hey, is anyone interested in doing this? Um, I didn't get so much of a response, but then I just started to organize things myself. I started talking to the principal, talking to the, the DOE. Um, and on March 14th, exactly one month after the shooting, we walked out of school um, at 10 a.m. for 17 minutes to honor the 17 lives lost. And. Um, not only did we talk about these students um, and talk about what what they liked, what they, they they disliked, kind of like gave them into into human personas. um we then had these orange slips of paper. Orange is the color of the gun violence prevention movement um, with our mission statement that we all then held up. Um, as a moment of silence and someone went on the roof and um, actually snapped a picture of that. Um, and that, that picture is just a street full of students with these orange uh, pieces of, of paper. Um, everyone just, just kind of standing still, um, most of them crying. And, and that kind of image to, to see everyone standing in solidarity with this one color, um, just all, all up and down the, the street was incredibly impactful. There was an, an elementary school right across the street from us and we invited them to join. Um, so not only as we spoke, we were talking to ourselves, high schoolers, but we were also talking to elementary grade students. Wow. Um, these were were kids who i'm sure are are actually much more aware of the the issue than we may think um they have to do the exact same drills as we do the exact same drills as those in parkland did um before the shooting this is something that i've learned since kindergarten um and so so they are no strangers to what's going on they they actually know quite a bit um and they're they're certainly feeling the the way that we do so they were there with their signs they were there protesting um right along with us
3: just incredible, the kids have to go, go through all this um, we're going to actually jump jump over to a, a, a soundbite from Kevin Hartzog now, uh, talking about what Gays Against Guns were doing that day um, in Washington DC
5: we had been to the Hart Senate office building in DC before for a protest and we wanted to combine the street theatre piece with a protest in the Capitol, and so We revamped Bloody Valentine to fit the messaging that we were against the reciprocity bill, which had been making its way through Congress and the Senate. Um, It actually had a lot of support in Congress. The schedule for the day for Valentine's Day was we went to Senator John Corwin's office first because he was the sponsor of the bill, and we made a large three-dimensional Valentine, which is sort of in air quotes, to give to him, which had pictures of people that died at Pulse and pictures of other victims of gun violence and statistics on it. And The police that day sort of subverted the regular order of things. They encroached our group faster than they usually would have for whatever reason and started arresting us pretty quickly. We didn't even have a chance to make it through the piece that we had sort of choreographed. But as we're getting arrested, one of the people that was with us was a journalist and he was following his Twitter feed and he was noticing that there was a lot of chatter about this shooting that had happened in Florida that day. And so literally, as we were getting arrested for protesting about gun violence we learned of the Parkland shooting. We just kind of went through the motions. I mean, we had heard that the shooting had happened. And unfortunately, mass shootings are so common that they pile up. The time before we went to D.C., we had gone there to protest a prior mass shooting, and the Sutherland Springs shooting happened the day before. And it seems that every time we go to protest, there's some awful event. The Charleston church shooting happened while we were on our way to a gun show. We have no shortage of mass shootings in the United States.
1: So Ariel, what do you remember about the events after the shooting? So I
2: certainly remember the first rousing Emma Gonzalez we call BS speech, Um, and after that students started talking about some some kind of walkout, some kind of protest. Um, And so I said, well, why don't we do that here in in New York City? Um, So I then went to a New York City student Facebook group and I said, hey, is anyone interested in getting kids together for New York City? Does anyone want to make this happen? Um, And I I wasn't really sure what to expect. People were just kind of posting like whatever they wanted there. Um, And the the next day I woke up and my inbox was absolutely flooded with students who wanted to help, students who were asking me questions, hey, how do we get the permit? How do we um, start um, publicizing this? And I was like, I don't know. I I mean, like, like, we'll we'll kind of like figure it out together. and, 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 you know, going to, to D.C. Um, on, on March 24th, just kind of hearing what students can, can do that, that was kind of my, my guidance. Um, I didn't really know where I was going. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I, I knew that we had to go somewhere.
1: So we're going to go in a minute to um, hear from Kevin. So let's go right to that. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So we're going to hear from Kevin, and he's going to talk about how the gun violence movement has changed in the last year. Yeah.
5: That's always been a, the Achilles heel of the GVP movement, that there's an attrition of attention. I think that the students somehow understood that, and they designed their response in such a way that it would continue to recapture the media attention as long as possible. And that was such a smart, savvy move. They planned things one month out, two months out, three months out, so that there would still be a goal which would sort of draw everybody's attention back to not only their experience, but just gun violence in general. They've been so careful to... Include people who have had different experiences from themselves. They've been so smart about centering the voices of people who are traditionally marginalized.
1: You know, I was at a big rally at um, Ethical Culture. Mm -hmm. uh, Right after I joined Gays Against Guns, which was probably in August. It was packed. (laughs) And Parkland had happened six months earlier. The focus was on Get Out the Vote. And I got a t-shirt that had a QR code on it where you could take a picture of it and you could register to vote. So how do you think this gun violence prevention movement, which was revitalized, contributed to the gains that we saw for Democrats in the House of Representatives?
5: Yeah, there's no doubt that there's been a substantive shift and that now people vote in accordance to candidate's position on gun violence. They've always voted in accordance with the candidate's position on the Second Amendment and gun rights. But what's new is that people are supporting people specifically because they support gun violence prevention. And that's a sea change. And that's very, very promising.
1: So Ariel, tell us about the youth movement from your perspective.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think that the the way that youth are able to organize other youth is absolutely in, incredible. Um, you know, we, we know what we're looking for. We know what we want. We know what we need to see. Um, and, and, you know, there's this kind of approach that it's, it's not um, – selling to, to someone that, that we're, we're here because we need to be. Um, so there are our social media campaigns, there's content created. We, we know what, what gets attention um, and, and, and we will make that, we will use that to stand up to politicians who aren't doing their job, to stand up to lobbyist organizations who are um, un, unable to um, speak in the, the voice of the, the true people. Um, so, so we know exactly what we're doing. Um, things like creating a, a, a QR code, like they said, um, creating new technology that kids specifically know how to use Engages more youth than than ever possible before.
3: Great. And then there was the the road to change, which was incredible. Did, can you tell us tell our listeners a little bit about what what that was?
2: Yeah, for sure. So the road to change was the March for Our Lives movement, where they went um, basically cross country to to various different um, stops. And what they, they did was they engaged with people from every single community to, to talk about what's the, the gun violence culture in, in your area. Um, and, and I remember talking with, with David Hogg, and, and he um, recalls going up to a protester with an, an AR-15 and just saying, hey, I want to talk to you. Um, and and that kind of discourse is, is obviously frightening, obviously very scary. Um, but but, what, but when you think about what kind of power youth are, are able to bring to that conversation, that we we leave our prejudices behind, we leave that, that kind of tension. Behind, and we just step up um, because we we haven't been adults who are who are groomed to to start thinking about like oh who is this person what do they want what do they want we're we're just trying to have a, a conversation that will hopefully lead to change
5: yeah
3: but so we we're going to jump to a clip now this is um, Bria Smith if you're listening in in Milwaukee Bria hey um, we caught up with Bria at um, the road to change uh, outside the NRA headquarters last August take a listen folks this is incredible stuff.
6: Inclusivity bears unity and without incorporating diversity within a conversation that affects all, there can never be progress and we can never push forward. A bullet sees no color. So every single person who knows that gun violence has morphed itself into our culture should be as pissed as I am. Almost 55 years ago, on August 28, 1963, the strong and courageous people marched on Washington yeah. for jobs and freedom. Yeah. Today, on August 4, 2018, yeah. we march at the NRA for common sense gun laws and the intention to save lives. Yeah. We, carry, we carry the legacies of our past activists, their blood, their tears, their sweat, their determination, and we will fight until every life and every voice will be heard and uplifted. People ask me if this movement will be the reason for the spark and change in our youth. I say no. For the youth of this generation have already been inspired. They've already been hungry for change and development. This movement just fuels the fire, igniting us into positions to fill and completely change the narrative, control our legacies, and work effectively now in the present so we can blissfully live in the future. Because I want to have children. I don't know about you guys, but I want to have children. With promised freedom. A generation that has no history has no future. And if we forget to acknowledge our history, we will have no future. So can you please repeat after me? I am. I am. I will be. I will be. The change. The change. I am. I am. I will be. I will be. The change. The change. What is your cost for freedom?
3: Wow, incredible. I don't know what y'all were doing when, well, you're 17, but when I was 17, I was like, <laughs> hanging around by the back of a Burger King smoking cigarettes and listening to Susie and the Banshees. I certainly <laughs> wasn't giving speeches like that. So I was Thank dating you, a Bri-
1: Vietnam vet and I was hanging out at a coffee shop in Mario's Pizza.
3: Wow. So, thanks, Bria. Um,
1: okay. So, now we are, we've talked about being the change and Ariel... Maybe you can tell us about the events planned for the upcoming Parkland anniversary this Sunday.
3: Thursday. (laughs) <laughs> this yeah. Thursday Thank you Got Absolutely
2: So first I know that Gays Against Guns Is planning a major action this Thursday At the Senate offices in D.C. And at the Supreme Court mm-hmm. They will be calling on members of Congress To, patch, to pass H.R. 8 A new bill in the House Pushing for a universal background checks So there's a press conference With Representative Carolyn Maloney At 2 p.m. And visits to several representatives' offices um, In which Gag will um, be pushing the, the vote for this bill GAGs Against Guns will also be delivering the message that our hearts are broken this Valentine's Day. GAG will also be aiming to highlight the extremely troubling upcoming case of New York Rifle Association v. City of New York. This is essentially an attempt um, by a New York-based NRA group to undermine the safe gun laws that we have here in New York City. Um, Absolutely terrifying that if this is passed by the Supreme Court, um, it could absolutely undermine the state gun laws that we have across the country leading to what's essentially a free-for-all for all um, all guns moving across state lines. So that means that if you buy a gun in one state, it'll travel to the next. Mm -hmm. Gaze Against Guns is a bus leaving on Thursday morning um, up and down to D.C. on the same day, and you can email Gaze Against Guns D.C. Action2019 at gmail.com to get involved.
3: Nice.
1: Yes, and if you're in the D.C. area, please check the GAG Facebook event to see how you can get involved. So, Ariel, can you tell us about the vigil you are organizing?
2: Absolutely. So, on behalf of Team Enough New York and Brady, um, we will be organizing a Parkland vigil this um, upcoming Thursday at 6 p.m. at 4 West 43rd Street. Um, that is Room 415, um, and that will be with um, NYDIS, Youth Over Guns, New York City Says Enough, why Vote, um, Teens Resist, and others. Um, in addition to that, Manuel Oliver, the father of Joaquin Oliver, is having a presentation that same day at 3.45pm at the intersections of 29th and 6th Avenue, um, so you're, you're actually able to make both, so be there.
3: Uh, great. A lot going on on Thursday. Um, to find out more about working with Gays Against Guns, you can go to gaysagainstguns.net or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And another great way to get involved um, is by becoming a BAI buddy, which is somebody who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving our donation every month. Uh, go to give2wbai.org, to that's uh, 2, the number 2, and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Honestly, folks, just a modest monthly contribution can really help us keep this show on air. Um, and this month we have a special limited edition gag button pack for people supporting the show, which includes our now famous NRA, sachet Away button. So please, folks, do give some serious thought to helping us out. And now... Well, it's time to
1: get to our Hell Yeahs, and we have a couple of special shout-outs this week as well. So, help us, and we want to hear all of you uh, Radio Gag listeners uh, shouting out your Hell Yeahs at home, too. Our first one is to Hell Yeah to Arielle Geismer and the students of the Gun Violence Prevention Movement,
3: Hell yeah! Hell yeah. And to Kevin, Jay, John, Howard, Kathy, and all the GAG members organizing this year's Valentine's Day action in D.C. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah!
2: And to everyone who is going to join us in Washington, D.C. this Thursday. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah! Thank you guys so much for listening, and we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 6 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime at the WBAI website or at gazeagainstguns.net.
1: Awesome. And I want to give a shout out to everybody students and staff at Brooklyn Millennium High School. Thank you for listening.
3: And to Ariel for coming in today and this an incredible contribution. Thank to you the guys so show. much.
1: And one Thank special you. shout out to my grandmother
2: tonight.
3: <laughs> What's Granny's name?
2: Sonia. Hey Sonia. Hey Sonia. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening. Well, we are going to leave you, as we always do, with a song from our sister singing quartet, Sing Out Louise, and this one is dedicated to the high school students of the gun violence prevention movement.
5: Yeah, the kids are all right. The kids are all right. Gun nuts Say massacres on their rights. Get Get off your your bus, bus, the people can win this fight. From From the the March for Our Lives, legislation arise that might help us survive. survive. Yeah, the kids are all right, the kids are all right, the kids are all right, the kids are all right.
0: Hey everybody, this is Kevin O'Donoghue at talk back at The Positive Mind, asking you a question. I'd like to have a conversation with you. Are you available? Now, isn't that much better than we need to talk? Well, during our February fun drive, we are offering exclusively to the WBA audience, a chance to participate in our workshop called Safe Conversations on march 23rd at cafe commons at wbai we want to make safe conversations and everyday reality in your life we will also be talking with author alicia muñoz in preparation for valentine's day the day after about her new book no more fighting tune in this wednesday from 3 to 5 p.m for an expanded edition of talkback at the positive mind see you then
1: I am Laura Flanders. Join me in a lively discussion with Chris Hedges of his new book, America: The Farewell Tour. That is Sunday, February twenty-fourth at three p.m. at Symphony Space. It's a benefit for listener-supported, non-commercial WBAI. Go to give2wbai.org to, to get your tickets or for tickets plus the Hedges book. That's yours truly, Laura Flanders, in conversation with Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Chris Hedges, Sunday, February twenty-fourth at three p.m. at Symphony space in manhattan go to give to numeral two give to wbai.org for more information see you there
0: the meeting for the wbai community advisory board will be held on sunday february 17th at 1 p.m at the 60 wall street atrium everyone is welcome to attend Once again, the meeting for the WBAI Community Advisory Board will be held on Sunday, February 17th at 1 p.m. at the 60 Wall Street Atrium. Everyone is invited.
5: Grab our hand and help
6: WBAI
2: blossom to help us create more extraordinary and
6: unforgettable shows, just like you were there for your friend who needed a self-esteem boost before the high school prom. We need you to become a BAI
2: buddy. When you become a BAI buddy, you help us become